This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer. All right, boys and girls, you hear that sound? It is Bass Kayak and Beers time, and I got my good friend Jake Harshman right here joining us. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm all right. How are you? Pretty good. You sound tired. I'm a little tired. Been fishing a lot. Trying to get out there and uh, and and learn this river. You are um, pre-fishing for the Susky, right? Yeah. So they they open up some boundaries this year, and oh, nice. uh, they opened up some boundaries to some places that I don't normally fish, and I don't know a whole lot about. So honestly, it's kind of neat because it's given me, I don't know, I guess drive or determination to learn some new water, which is kind of nice. Um, and that's what I've been doing the past, oh man, over the past month, I've literally fished out of every public launch site on the Susquehanna River, as well as the the Juniata River. So um, I can say that I have effectively been to every stretch of the open boundary water for the Hobie BOS. It's kind of cool. When you say they open the boundaries, you mean for the Hobie BOS, right? Yeah. So last so last year, um, the boundaries were basically from City Island area to Sunbury area on the Susquehanna River, and they last year they had up to um, a boat launch called Amity Hall on the Juniata, which is only about a mile and a half upriver from the mouth of the Susquehanna, where it co- where the Juniata dumps in. So this year, they've kept the northern boundary on the Susquehanna the same. It's still the, the dam in Sunbury, but they increased the southern boundary all the way to York Haven Dam, which opens up a few more launches in, a, in about six or eight miles of river. But the cool thing about it is, is Goldsboro, or that York Haven Dam area down there, it's called Goldsboro. That's a largemouth fishery. It's grass. It's mats. Um, primarily a largemouth fishery. There's still smallmouth opportunity there, but it's a largemouth fishery, which is really neat. And then up the Juniata, they went as far as a launch called Thompson Town, which is a Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission launch, but it's like I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not speaking in exact, but it's like 12 or 14 miles up the Juniata. 
And the Juniata is, you know, very similar to the Susquehanna. It fishes the same, but they're they're a completely different ecosystem, really. Um, so yeah, like there's a lot more open water to fish this year. Um, and, you know, it's going to provide the anglers with a lot of different opportunity. So it's kind of cool. Um, you know, we we fish lakes like Kentucky Lake. It's what hundred miles long. They just fish Champlain, which is huge. What Champlain is like an hour or two hours from one end to the other. So, like you know, doing that now in a river system, that's going to be really neat. Um, you know, I, I think it's really cool. And there's so much water in play now, so much. It's incredible. And it and when I say so much water in play. You got to think about public launch sites on a river and, you know, most people do a float, some people single access, but when there's only, you know, 10 or 11 public launch sites on the river, there's not a whole lot of room to spread out. You're floating over top of each other, you're single accessing over top of each other. This year, they've really taken that aspect and, and, and avoided it by providing so much more open water and, and there's a there's something here for everybody so it'll be cool nice i'm assuming those changes came uh, based on feedback from some of the anglers that fished it the susquehanna was fished last year on the hobie bios wasn't it it was um, well you mentioned it already yeah yeah so, so this move is more like aj kind of like um adjusting to what the feedback of the anglers you think um, I, I don't know if it was necessarily the feedback of the anglers. I know that, um, you know, he wanted to provide more opportunity for, for different aspects of, you know, who, people who want to fish what, um, you know, because there's a lot of guys that don't fish for smallmouth and don't know anything about smallmouth. If you tell that person, hey, you can come up here and fish for largemouth and still contend, that provides them an opportunity to feel comfortable with something that they're doing, which in turn allows them to enter the tournament and increase the numbers. Um, you know, it don't, and you're going to hear people, people will naysay this and people are going to tell me that I'm full of crap, but I know what's true. Those largemouth and Goldsboro can absolutely contend with the smallmouth of the North, Northern sections of the river. They're just, it's it's a condensed area that gets pressured a little bit more, but those fish are big, dude. I caught it almost um, – it was really, really close to seven pounds out of there two years ago. And, you know, a seven-pound river largemouth, that's impressive anywhere you go in the country. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that you know that's 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 what lives there. There's big fish down there. That fish went 22, I think 22 inches. So, you know, there's potential. There's opportunity. I mean, the right grass fisherman that knows how to throw a frog and punch mats could go down there and do some serious damage. So, it's going to be interesting. So be. we kind of. We kind of already got started on the subject, but I was, you know, wanted to give kind of the audience a preview of what we're talking about. We're going to be previewing the Susquehanna River for the Hobie BOS. It's going to be uh, held on the last weekend of July. Mm -hmm. So now 
keep in mind for those out there listening, as a podcast host, I have the responsibility to ask the questions that you guys want to hear. Jake is at no obligation to answer those questions because he is participating in the tournament. So he may be some limb, some information he may hold back. Keep in mind, I will nonetheless ask the questions and we agreed on that. If an answer is not forthcoming, then uh, a joke will be forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> it will be substituted by something smart, uh, probably referring to big girls on yoga pants, if I know Jake <laughs> as well as I think I know him. So yeah. keep that in mind. I'll do my best to get the information that you guys want to listen to. But again, and, it's, and it's going to be up to him and don't judge him. If I can preface any answers I have with, with the, one, one thing, I don't hide anything. Everything's on my YouTube channel. I don't hide what I use. I don't, you know, if someone asked me, hey, what'd you catch him on? I tell them the truth. Jack Adam. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where the, the only thing right now hidden on my YouTube channel is the exact location where I planned on fishing. I, took, I, I made that video private because I don't want people to know how to fish that area. Yeah. I don't want people to know what I was doing to catch them because it's not even that I'm worried about them coming there on tournament day and doing it. I'm worried about them going there and practice and pre-fishing, beating up the fish. Blowing, up, yeah, blowing out your spot. You know, so that's about the only thing that's, that's hidden with me. Everything else, dude, I put it out there. I don't care. Like, they're everybody's fish. Go catch them. So, but I, if you ask a question that I don't want to answer, I, I probably will put some smart ass comment in there and <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, listeners be warned. <laughs> so speaking of the Susky, now you fished it last year. How did it go for you last year? Terrible. Really? <laughs> Absolutely but terrible. It's, it, it's, it is your home water. So would you consider it your honey hole? Uh, yeah. So I, I live... I live about 10 minutes away from the closest launch on the Susquehanna river to my, to my house is about 10 minutes. Um, you know, last year I broke out of my comfort zone a little bit and I went to some, some stretches of the river that I didn't have a lot of experience in. Um, and ultimately on day one, I ended up getting, I ended up getting a migraine, which sucked. Um, and I spent the majority of day one nursing that. Um, day two, like an idiot, I went to, well, I shouldn't say like an idiot day two, I went to a spot that I knew very well. And I had this, this mindset of, I need a hundred inches. So I literally threw all day long, a whopper plopper, one thirty, and a six inch bull shad to try to catch basically a hundred inches of fish or close to it and it was a mistake i only caught one fish um you know that fish was 17 and three quarter inches or something like that that i caught on day two but i really 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 i took away a whole class of fish trying to find five of the certain fish and i stuck to it all day long and that was uh that was my downfall. You know, could I have done a lot better? Sure. Um, on day one, I only caught four fish last year. And that was four fish that I caught before the migraine at 9 a.m. Um, I lost a bunch of fish after that. 
<laughs> like I lost way too many fish after that. After I got that migraine, the fish, every, every fish that I hooked got off. It's not an excuse. It's, it's fact, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm looking to redeem that a little bit this year. <laughs> Do you suffer from migraine? Is that something common? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you ask my boss, like I call, I call off a lot for migraines. Um, it's something that my, my mother actually has them. She, when she gets them, she goes into the hospital. So. Yeah. I've had friends that deal me migraine in that it's not, you know, for people that don't know it, sometimes we can be ignorant about what a migraine is and how it can affect you. But I mean, I got friends when they get that migraine, I mean, it shuts them down completely. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it can be a, a whisper. Thing. Yeah. A whisper could sound like, like. I don't know, like somebody on a megaphone or, you know, a slightest sound can sound like a jackhammer, like a little jackhammer, <laughs> not the pain yeah. on, on your head. You know, it's 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 something that if, if we don't know, then, you know, we're all imperfect because sometimes get judgmental about it. But it's I mean, it's real. It's not just a headache. It is. No, ab- it is absolutely. a blinding thing that really shuts you down. You're right. One hundred percent. You know, the the. The haters of the of the fishing community will say, oh, well, he's just using that as an excuse because he didn't do well. No, I didn't do well because I didn't. I sucked. I, I didn't perform, but I didn't perform because I got a migraine in my mind because that's my river. Like, this is where I live. You know, I don't I haven't been on the river yet this year where I didn't catch a limit in the mid 80s. It's 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 where I fish. Should yeah. I, I should always be expected to do well here because I live here, um, you know, but it sucked like it sucked last year. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. That was last year. I don't care about it now. But, um, you know, it's it's the river's fishing right now. It's fishing so much better than it was last year. I would be looking. Well, I'll let you ask the questions. Um, but I, I would be looking for two days in the 90s to to get maybe to even to get a check. I don't know. Really? In the 90s to get a check? Wow. Dude, it's it's been fishing. So 180 inches at least to get a check, you think? You could probably catch a check with 175 inches, but I think it's going to – the, the winner is going to have 185, maybe more. Maybe more. I mean, dude, I can't explain to you how good it's fishing this year. It's it's just incredible. Um, the amount. Of, you think? Go ahead. I'm sorry. The amount of 18 and 19 inch fish is just kind of like skyrocketed this year. What so, do you think that is? Um, some of it has to do with the water levels, and it's it's making these fish a little bit more predictable. Um, it's making them have to eat more because we've had some high water this year compared to last year. Uh, last year, the tournament levels were at 3.2 feet. And this, you know, hell, I think almost the entire month of July, we've been at around five feet. Um, and that's, that's increased flow. You know, that's, that's a two foot jump over a mile wide stretch of river, you know, so that's a lot of cubic feet per second water coming down. 
um, really making those fish kind of, you know, they're on a treadmill and they're, they're, they're having to eat. Um, so it's, it's putting them, you know, it's putting them into feast mode. And some of the, the other aspect of that too, is that, you know, a couple years ago, we had a year that was just flood conditions all summer long. I'm talking like the river not that never got below seven feet the entire summer. And it's normally at around three and a half over the summertime. So that year was terrible for the fish. It was great for fishing, but it was terrible for the fish. You could go out and catch 95 inches, no problem, in one big eddy. But what happened was a lot of those fish, I think a lot of those fish got overstressed, overworked, overfished. And I think there was a lot of, you know, re, you know, residual kill, like a fish kills because of the high water. Um, and they had a terrible spawn that year, too. And, you know, the past couple years, we've had moderate, you know, rain and, and river levels. And they've just gotten back to a point where, you know, there's a lot of trophy class fish out there now. And... You know, those 15 to 17 inch fish from a couple of years ago are 18, 19 inches now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, they're doing, they're doing really well. The river is in great condition right now. So. It's interesting you mentioned that. And uh, my experience fishing rivers is very limited. I think I fish a couple of rivers here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, Mainly, my favorite one is the Brazos River below Possum Kingdom. And that, to me, is completely the opposite in the sense that I know when the fish are, when the water relief release, I'm sorry, is 50 uh, cubic feet per second. I know exactly where they're going to be. And now right. I know exactly what they're going to bite. But once, like right now, it's like, um, I think today was 450 cubic feet per second and i really did one of the things that i had planned for today was actually hit the brussels river because i i wanted to see how they fished at this water level and to me the difference a lot of it is like well now they got places to go yeah like now it's more wide open so it's kind of interesting that the Susquehanna in europe i mean for you it's like different it's like the water level goes up the fishing is better whereas as to me, when the water level goes down on the river, my experience, and again, my experience is a lot more limited than yours, and it's obviously different geographics. One is uh, Pennsylvania, one is Texas. But it's it's one of the things where I know exactly where they're going to be and what they're going to so, be looking for. So, and it, it, you know, when I say it's it's easier or it's better fishing, when, when, when you have an increased flow, um, it puts those fish into a spot where they can survive obviously you know when the river gets up above up here per se whenever when the river gets up above seven and a half feet every single one of those fish have to find an eddy otherwise oh, okay. you know they're getting blown down river they're getting blown out of position but they're almost every single one of them is going to be in an eddy so when you get a large concentration of fish packed into a small eddy, they're all competing for the same food and they all have to eat. You can go in there and catch them all. You know, they're like Pokemon, catch them all. 
Like that literally you can go in there and catch them all. And that's what 2018 was like. I mean, 2018 was a crazy, crazy year for river levels for us. And dude, like, I can't even begin to explain to you how many giant fish I caught in 2018. And I didn't even have to go far from the boat ramp. I just went to the nearest eddies and they were there. And the yeah, other, aspect, you know, it, it puts, it puts those fish into, uh, it'll put them into the, the feeder creeks too, into the tributaries. You know, if the river gets high like that, and the tributaries are, are low, the tributaries will be pushing clean water and the Susquehanna will be pushing muddy, you know, muddy water. They'll get into the mouth of that tributary and sit there on that mud line and just feast. That area where it's kind of like cloudy, it's not clear, yeah. it's not muddy, they'll just sit there and they'll wait for bait to get pushed into that area, disoriented from the current, and they'll just feast on them. So... It makes fishing easy like that. Now, when the river's low, it's easy too because you can find a, a concentration of fish and there's going to be a good many there. Um, that level in between, that low, extremely low and, and, and extremely high, they literally can go anywhere. So... It's not that it's hard. You just have to understand where to look for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the river's low, like, hell, I know guys last year that found fish in areas where they couldn't get out of because the water had dropped down and they were just stuck in there. So, you know, they're, like one of my good friends had found a concentration of fish that were in an area that they literally could not get out of. They were there. You know, and at that and at that point they'll bite anything because it's the, like the food supply is running out. We'll just, we'll hit anything. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, man. That's 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 a lot of insight. Um, what do you think is going to be? And again, you know, I just have to ask. You don't have to answer. But what do you think is going to be like the, the winning pattern? Top water. Top water. Absolutely. Absolutely. The winner, the winner will catch a majority of their fish on top water. Who do you, I mean, other than yourself, who do you see when you look at, and there, there might be a bunch of local guys that we, those that follow the tournament thing, the, the, I'm sorry, the tournament scene on the national level that we may not have heard about. Um, but including that group of people that you know, they're from Pennsylvania and they're hammers and they might know the river um, as well, as long with the Russ Snyder's, uh, Christine Fisher's, Ryan Lambert's that are coming in. Who do you have your eye on thinking that they could have a, a shot? Or who do you say, who do you think it would be the favorite to win it other than yourself? The, the favorite to win um, or the, the favorite, I should say the favorite for second place is probably Russell Johnson. Pennsylvania guy? Pennsylvania guy, not from this area, but he lives over on the western side of the state. Um, Russell, what sets him apart is his his knowledge of moving water fisheries 
And specifically, like he, he fishes the Susquehanna a good bit, but he has a ton of knowledge on moving water fisheries. And that's primarily what he fishes all the time anyway. Um, he's really good at it. And he also, when you couple that with great paddling ability, um, you know, he stands a, a, a very, very good chance. Um, and, you know, there's, there, he doesn't really have, he doesn't really have a part of his fishing game that, that sucks. Um, Russell's a, a really good fisherman. Um, other, a couple other local guys, uh, Billy Dorbro, he's fantastic on the Susquehanna and, and Juniata rivers. Um, <laughs> Bill has a, he has a, a, a knack for catching big fish. Like, you know, the, he was in a, in that teaser video that I had put together for Hobie. A lot of the photos that he had given to me to use for that teaser video were of 21 plus inch fish. Billy catches some fish. Um, another guy locally that, that is really good here is, uh, his name is Steven Sisto. He, he fishes the rivers quite a bit and he has a lot of experience on the Susquehanna and Juniata. Um, there's a couple other local guys that I would say that are really, really good fishermen, but being a really good fisherman and being a really good tournament fisherman are two different things. Yep. Especially the guys that are like, oh, I fish the Susquehanna River all the time. I can catch them out there. I'm going to go buy a catch board and enter this deal with my pelican and go out there and, and fish. It's different. It's different whenever we give you a timeline and say, all right go you know and i know some guys that are in jet boats that are talking about wanting to do that like you know that if, that are doing that you can be a great fisherman all day long but being a great tournament fisherman is two different things so you know i i, I put my i put my money on the local guys that i mentioned there but when you got the national you know scene guys you can never rule out russ snyder's because of his yep. innate ability to catch fish um, you can put Christine in that same boat in that same boat because she has, especially on rivers. Um, Christine's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Jody Queen has won a lot of tournaments on the Susquehanna yep. River. Uh, I had I have not seen him sign up yet, but I'm sure he's going to. So he's in that conversation. Uh, Drew Gregory. I mean, it goes without saying. Drew Gregory is yeah. a <laughs> live in the current kind of guy. Um, he's got the potential to be there for that. Um, you know, there's anybody could win this thing though. <laughs> That's the greatest thing about this, this fishery. Anybody could win it, dude. I'm telling you, anybody could win it because this river could put up 90 plus inches in any stretch that you go to any stretch that you go to. That's huge. Like there's no one spot on this river that I could say that's where it's going to be one at because it could literally be one at any, any spot. <laughs> Excuse me. I just hiccuped. Um, but yeah, like it, it's going to be a really good tournament though. I think you're going to yeah. see some big small mouth put up some big Spe limit. Speaking of Jody, Jody actually won it last year. Uh... He did. He was 171 inches and 171 and a half inches. And now 
I'll be honest with you. I'm reading it. I don't know this by heart. But I was just looking at it while you mentioned it. Um, that, you know, 86 inches the second day, 85, inch, 85 and a half inches the first day. Um, Cody Milton came in second. Um, and just by what? A hair. By one and a half inches. No, by, by, no, I'm sorry. By one inch. Drew Gregory came in fourth. Uh, Matt Ball came in third. All those guys look for Christian Fisher did pretty good, 166. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all those guys you mentioned, Jackson or the Phenom, 162. So like you mentioned, there's oh Micah Canelli was there too. I'm just looking at it, 12. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that uh, new? Now it's kind of switching subjects here, but now that we mentioned Micah Canelli, have you seen the the uh, the Bodic the PA 14 or 12. I don't know which one. The 360 that came out. Uh, yeah. The Mike so Iconelli edition. I've seen it. Um, I know there's a lot of buzz on Kayak Bass Nation about it. And, you know, Kayak Bass Nation. Of course is, there is. It's <laughs> designed for there to be buzz. But um, so Mike Iconelli is a great person. Yeah. He's down to earth. He's respectful he's not arrogant um that excitement that you see on camera is real genuine yeah it's it's not it's not for tv um he's great for the sport of fishing in general uh do i think he should have his own signature boat no what has he done to earn uh, that's a that's a touchy word. I don't think he should have a signature boat um, for kayak fishing. You mean. For kayak fishing, Ike is a great angler. He's a great person, and it would have been a whole hell of a lot better received by the masses if Hobie yeah. would have just came out and said, "Hey, look, we brought Mike Iaconelli in to put a little different spin on our great, already great platform." Wait till you guys see this. Versus an Ike logo with you know a fuse, and we're about to drop a bomb. A color customization is not a bomb. It's and a color the teeth. Color. Don't don't forget the teeth and the eyes. You know, <laughs> a color customization is not a bomb. Um, I think yeah, it was overhyped, and and I and, and and I put that on on Hobie. Um, yeah you know, to, to overhype something like, don't be like everybody else. Don't be like the bona fide guys. Don't be like old town. Don't be like all these other companies that are like, we're getting ready to drop something really cool. And then they hype it, hype it, hype it, hype it. And here's a new color. What? Like, no, just say what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, you know, to do away with all that hype, only to have a letdown. The letdown sucks. Do I think? Do I think it'll sell boats? Sure, it's going to yeah. sell boats. It's going to sell boats because it has his logo on it. Um, you know, and he's going to sell boats. He's so here's who it's going to sell boats to. It's not going to sell boats to you, me, and you. Yeah, we're not buying. We're not paying extra for that red boat with an Ike logo. Yeah, the person who it's going to sell boats to is to that guy that says, oh, "I got all this, all this." stuff I need to do for my bass boat to be able to fish out of it and I don't have the money or I don't have the storage place for it but man I can spend six grand on that boat 
Yeah. I could sell my bass boat and buy that boat and go out here and compete in tournaments. That's who it's going to sell boats to. And honestly, it's genius. Hobie's genius because yeah. they're appealing to a different market now than the kayak scene. They're appealing to someone in a bass boat. So will it sell boats? Sure. Do I like the way they did it? No. Yeah. That's about, I mean. I know I completely agree with you on that. And there's two aspects to it. And we have to understand. For those of us that are a fan of the sport and the tournament <coughs> theme, scene. God, I keep up with it. Why am I having so much trouble with that word? After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, For just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Um, for those of us that are like purists, you know, we want, not purists, that's a strong word. But anyways, for those that are really into the tournament scene and not the masses, um, we, I get it. I agree with you. I would have rather seen Russ Snyder, Christian Fisher, Jody Quinn have their own signature boat because they have done more for the kayak fishing community. Having said that, Hobie's responsibility as a company is to transcend the sport in order to become, and they already are a global company, but right. they want to transcend the sport. When you look at bass fishing in itself and kayak fishing, what personality transcends the sport? Not a whole lot of it. KVD comes to mind and Mike Iaconelli comes to mind, that new wave of guys that Not necessarily like Greg, like Swindell, who's doing turn it up on you know on the tournament scene, and and you know putting the work out there. He's more of a personality that yes, he has some he has a lot of credibility as a tournament angler, but his show, his podcast, he, it transcends the sport. So that's yeah. what Hobie's trying to do. They want to transcend transcend the sport. They want the masses to come and get involved in kayak fishing community. 
from that standpoint, I get it. I think I, it's a great move. I I'm, think so. Go ahead. I, I go think ahead. it's a great move. Yeah. I think it's a great move, and I think the color change. I think the color addition is awesome. My first kayak yes. that I ever had was the exact same color, and I loved it. I called it Big Red. But my issue, and, and it's the only issue I have with it, um, yeah. because I'll, I'll even disagree to a certain extent about one of the major kayakers getting a, a signature boat. I'm not going to buy a boat because it has somebody else's name on it or their logo. I don't exactly. care. Exactly. I don't want, I mean, no disrespect to Russ Snyder's or Christine Fisher or Jody Queen, but if they threw their logo on a boat, that's not going to make me buy it. Like, I don't care. And I I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I just wish they would have advertised it differently. Their, Their thought process and the boat and everything, it's great. They should have advertised it differently because it's all, it almost looks like they just, they followed suit with all these other manufacturers that we've all made fun of in the past. You know, Bonafide says, oh, we're going to drop something that's going to be awesome and it's going to be great. And, and it obviously gets hyped up on those other platforms. And well, you made it green. That's cool. Like, great. Oh, you added some superhero logos to it. That's cool. I've always wanted a Spider-Man boat. Um, <laughs> no, exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> but, you know, in, in, in Bonafide, like I'm picking on them, but they're not the only ones that have done it. I was part of the Old Town team a couple of years ago whenever yeah. they, you know, Old Town pushed this advertisement out to the pro staff. We're getting ready to drop something. Pump it out, pump it out, pump it out. So we started pumping it out. They didn't tell us what it was. We didn't, you know, there may have been a couple people that knew about it that signed NDAs that couldn't talk yeah. about it, but they, they, in, in, in our theory was, well, they're getting ready to release something awesome and it's going to be really cool. Yeah. And they just made it, they made, they, they made the predator line into like a, a fuchsia color and it's like, it's like what it, well, well, that's not special. Like, yeah, you didn't just you didn't change the game, you know. But they've all done it. Every manufacturer has yeah. done it. I think it's, it's stupid. It, it's absolutely stupid. Just tell people, hey, we're going to be releasing some some more options. We're not changing the boat. We're just going to be releasing some more options. In in Hobie's defense, you're getting a character, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. I. Absolutely, I'm a huge fan of Ike. I love his podcasts and his shows, and I think he's great for the sport, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. He is a loud personality, so I guess in a sense you have to make a loud, you have to make it loud in order to match his personality. After all, if Ike's joining the team, then you can't just kind of like have this puppy approach to um, advertise it, because you know you're getting you're getting this huge this guy who has a huge personality a huge voice um literally and figuratively so i get it like i said it's to me it's more like i was expecting the hobie outback to be coming with a 360 drive i knew it wasn't going to be that but that's mm-hmm. kind of like kind of along that line of you that know that i was thinking cool, that would yeah. be kind of cool they you would I, I don't i don't know if it would have been because the Hobie Outback sits kind of low in the water, so I don't know how practical that thing going sideways is going to be. 
Um, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an nautical engineer or anything like that, but yeah, I get it. For those of us that are kind of more involved in the sport and look at it from the tournament thing and don't get too caught up in the shining stuff. Um, I get it now something I'm a huge Hobie fanboy. And one thing that I really don't like about how Hobie does things is and to my knowledge, they're the only ones. And I don't know if Bonafide did the same thing. Because I know Bonafide came up with a few different, like two or three years ago, they came up in ICAST and they released, like like you said, like the Spider-Man and <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and few others. And I haven't seen a single one of them on the water. And I've seen a lot of Bonafides on the water. But I have not seen a single one of their special limited edition whatever. All I've seen is usually the gray ones. Or the sand color, no, not the gray one. The sand color ones or the red ones. They're typical. So, so I don't know how, how I don't know if that backfired for Bonafide. But going back to my point, I didn't like it when Hobie came up with the, oh, we got the camel. Oh, it's going to be $250 more. Why? Because it's a different color. Now, personally, I personally would like, uh, and I've been this for a safety standpoint, I'll get... My first uh, Outback was the papaya one. It was the only one left. And the dealer was like, we only have the papaya color. Fine. I want something that stands out. I do not want a kayak that's black. Not in Texas heat summer because that thing is going to be <laughs> like you're sitting on a frying pan. I don't want it blue or light blue or anything like that because it's going to mix in with the water. I want something that stands out. I want bass borders and jet skis or... Um, you know, water skis, whatever, to know that I'm in the water. The last thing I want to do is something that comes flashes. So I never got interested in the whole camel thing and everything because I'm a not, I wasn't going to go duck hunting in it anyways. Right. So for it to be like, oh, we're going to upcharge you just because it has this color. So well, the features more, are the same. I don't, I, I don't, it's, it's, I don't get it's it. It's more, it's slightly more than the color. I will give them that. And the reason it's slightly more is because of the EVA foam padding on the decks. They have the custom bike logos and stuff in there. That that's that costs that that costs a little bit more to mass for you know to produce. Um, so I understand I understand the upcharge, but like it's like we talked about, this is not a kayak that's being geared for someone who already has a kayak. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean. I don't foresee a Hobie PA14 owner from a 2020 model going and buying a 2021 Ike approved boat just because it's Ike approved. They're not going to spend the $250 more to buy that particular boat. They might buy a Hobie PA360, but they're not going to spend 200 or how much ever it is more to buy that particular boat. What it's geared towards is those people that have a bass boat right now that may or may not be going to continue to have a bass boat. It's for those folks. And, you know, I mean, the reality of it is you can sell most bass boats for eight to 15 grand right now, even the older ones. So you sell that bass boat. You got yourself a brand new fancy kayak that has a Ike approved logo and EVA foam padding on it. That's who it's that's who it's gonna sell to. I hope it's wildly successful. I really oh, yeah. do. 
I mean, I, I hope that it gets more people into this sport that aren't in it right now. And I hope it brings in a different level of competition of people who have, you know, fished out of bass boats. I, I, I think it's great, but I just wish they would have been more upfront on what they were bringing out versus what they hyped up only to be part of the status quo industry. Yeah, and that's the other thing. When you're a Hobie and you came up with a 360 drive, well, like, you know, it's as close to game changer as it's going to get when you it comes to fast post? fishing. Did you see my post? I think it was yesterday on KBN. So I think yeah, I did. I did. It was it, it was, was a reply to somebody else's comments about the boat, and I was like, "When are you all gonna learn? Hype, hype, hype! New color option, no hype mm. at all. Three sixty drive. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like there was there was hardly any hype at all about the Hobie Links, and eh. the Hobie Links is a badass little boat." It's going to be great for fishing shallow water, specifically right here in the Susquehanna River. It's good. it's a fast little boat. It's stable. It's got great features. It's got a lot of things that are already pre-done for you because everyone loved the I-11S, right? The I-11S was, was badass for shallow water fishing. It's probably even better than, than the Lynx is in shallow water rocky rivers but what's the one thing that you had to do with the with the i11s you had to get switch pads to put shit on it you had to you know there was nowhere for a transducer that you know the rudder was kind of like eh. um but what's the links the links is basically a hard version of the i11s that's already pre-rigged or pre-set up ready for you to put all that extra stuff on there it's genius it's absolutely genius and it's a great idea and i think it's going to be a phenomenal boat and i plan on having one if i can have one before the bos on the susquehanna i'm going to um i thought that should have been the the debut i think they should have done the debut for it because uh, links just came out they could have easily swapped it says we're going to send um a so here, here, early one a couple of months before the ICAS and then when they they released the links right around the Bassmaster Classic. Yeah. I would have released the Ike boat at the Bassmaster Classic. Exactly. The Bassmaster Classic champion. Exactly. I would have released the Ike boat then and then I would have dropped the links just now at ICAS. I agree. That's where the mistake was made. But then again, they don't I don't they're still going to the advertisers. Well, we can but, sit here and talk about it, but yeah. they're still going to be multi-millionaires selling oh, boats. Yeah. We're going to sit here with our with our two dollar opinions, talking about what yeah. we think about it, but none of it really matters because they're still making a product that everyone's going to buy. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I totally agree with you on that one. I mean, the links, yeah. I. I was excited about the links because I have right now I have the Hobie Outback, which um, I have a, a brand new haul because the other one cracked and they replaced it. Plus, I have the 360 drive. So I'm thinking I'll sell the the Outback because it's a brand new haul, which actually, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Bass Kayak and Beers, go check out my listing. If you want to buy a Hobie Outback and you live in Texas, 
2019 brand new hall a lot of extras so uh send me a message dm me if you're interested but anyways i thought okay i'll sell that you know i thought you were giving that I thought you were going to give me that boat for coming on the podcast. What? <laughs> what? Was that not part of the deal? What? Well, now I'm wondering how much, what is Josh giving you for going every week and being eye candy for the ladies Listen, out we, there? We, we can't talk about what Josh gives me because that's going to be awkward. <laughs> now I'm wondering, is Josh giving you an outback every time you go oh, he's, on his live show? He's giving me something for sure. By the way, did you ask permission to do the plug-in on my show? Yeah, so I, I, uh, I messaged him, and I asked him, and he said yes, and then I asked him what night, and then I got crickets. So um, Josh from Dark Waters Kayak Fishing, who's a, another podcast, a little bit substandard to this one, um, he, he and I are potentially going to go live on Instagram one night this in the next week to talk about the BOS in depth a little bit. Um, and, and it's going to be, I think a lot of what it's going to be is Josh is not familiar with fishing this river or river fishing like, in general, <laughs> or fishing in general. Um, you know, so it's going to be a lot of question and answer and it might be informative for someone who's not familiar with the Susquehanna river. Um, I, I think it's going to be helpful maybe to those people that are on the fence if we can do it early enough, like within the next two or three days, if we could schedule something and do it, it could potentially be very helpful for someone who might be on the fence, you know, determining whether or not they want to come here. That's the goal with it. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if it's going to all come together in time, but that's, we've talked about it. It's just, you know, he's, I got to send him a crayon written letter so he understands it. <laughs> Draw him a little map. God bless Josh. There's so many things. <laughs> I'm going to dime him out. <laughs> so he messages me the other day and he says to me, he goes, what's a float? <laughs> and I responded with, is this a serious question? <laughs> Yes, you what's a float? <laughs> he was asking me what a float was because he keeps hearing people talking about organizing a float and he didn't understand what it was or didn't I think he may have understood what it was, but he was looking for confirmation. And and I was like, It's when you put in it one ramp and float to another one and he's like, Oh, okay, okay, that's what I thought and I'm like, <laughs> All right. But, you know, look, I love Josh to death, man. Great dude. Great dude. I consider him a friend. Um, but, you know, he's got some marine quality questions. You know? <laughs> like, he's got some... <laughs> oh, man. You know? But, but it, you know, it's fine. Like, I don't mind. Like, I'm making fun of him, you know? But I, it's fun. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a... I'll help anybody whenever it comes to something that they don't understand or safety, you know, reasons. The only thing that I'm not going to help you with is if I'm competing against you and you say, hey, where should I fish? I'm going to tell you in the water. <laughs> like, that's the best place to catch them is in the water. You can go to the Bass Pro Tank here in Harrisburg and 
probably put up 100 inches of largemouth, but you're going to get arrested. <laughs> like, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> Speaking of Josh, he's actually going to be fishing at the Susquehanna. He is. He's signed up and everything. Oh. I was going to ask you what do you think his odds are, but just the fact that he doesn't know what a float is kind of makes <laughs> me weird. So, I think he's going to catch 10 fish. Really? I do. That's high praise. That's high praise. For I, I think he's going to catch ten fish um, because of because of his tenacity. Uh, I don't think he's going to al- allow this river to get the best of him. I think he's going to figure it out. Um, anybody could win this tournament in any stretch of this river. I'll say that over and over and over. Do I think Josh is going to win? Nope. <laughs> but could he? Yes. Um, you know, it's. I think he's gonna, I think he's going to catch ten. I mean, you know, and I'm hoping. I don't know what his personal best smallmouth is, but I'm hoping he gets close to it. If not, break it. I know he lives up there in New York, and they got those big old stupid fat smallmouth that like, you know, they're built like largemouth, and you know you'll catch like a four pound smallmouth that's 17 inches long. But you know, I don't know if he's ever caught a 20 inch river rocket that only weighs three pounds that hates everything around it that just wants to go batshit crazy whenever it sees something and then as soon as you hook it goes takes you for a ride down river a half mile because it's not going to give up because that's what you got (laughs) that's what that's what lives here um you know i think go ahead i'm sorry well i mean we can get into talking about that too i don't know how much longer you want to stay on but um, well, it's that's a good point because I that's one thing that I've learned in fishing in rivers. That's why I like it so much. And again, I'm not a biologist. This is what makes sense to me. And I've heard other people that fish rivers say this and it makes sense. A river fish is constantly going against the current, you know, constantly looking for shelter, you know, um, ambushing bait from the fish. They have to be quick and they are more muscle more than anything i've i've caught i've honestly the biggest fish that i've caught here in texas especially when it comes to summer it's been the most disappointing fight it's been more like i did i get snagged this is not moving uh, that mm-hmm. much and the fight is short and it's it's just big fat bass just hanging out in one spot you know so, the whole day and it's and when it, you know when they get to that size that means they're old bass and when it gets hot they don't have you know they don't have that much oxygen to put up a fight when it's almost 90 degree water yeah so it's kind of this not say disappointing it's never disappointing to catch a 20 plus um inch fish but that, it's not the fight that you would think you know you put a 15 inch bass on the brazos river Nothing will put you in a ride because they are all muscle. They're just—they're constantly fighting the current. They're constantly having to move. They don't have—they don't have that space to just like, hey, I'm just gonna lay low here for a couple. So, what you have here in this place is special. This river is unlike—I'll say it—it's unlike any other river in the country. You have a shallow, rocky environment with great lake-sized smallmouth that live here. These fish have shoulders. There's more crawfish in this river than any river in the country per square inch. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like 
There's so many crawfish here. If you, you know, uh, uh, Russell Johnson told me one time, if you go out to the Susquehanna River at nighttime and shine a flashlight in the water, you'll see crawfish just everywhere. And, and he's right. Like, there's so many crawfish in this river. There's so many bait fish in this river. These fish just get big. Now, these fish are territorial because it's there when they're when they're behind a rock or in front of a rock, depending on where they're positioned, that's their rock. Mm-hmm. And anything that comes near it, they're either going to shoo it away or they're going to kill it. And they might not even eat because they're hungry. They're eating because it's their area and get the hell out of it. I don't want you here. And a lot of the strikes that you're going to get on the Susquehanna are going to be just that. When you find them eating, you're going to find them wolf packing, where they're just going to be teeing off on whatever you're throwing in there. But when you're finding them out in isolated parts of the river and in kind of like isolated boulders or, you know, current breaks or whatever, they're more or less they're they're eating because they're territorial. Um and like you said, they live there in the current. So they're constantly swimming. They're so strong. When you couple that with the fact that you can catch an 18-inch fish that's over three pounds as a river smallmouth, that's not common. Like that's not, you know, unless you're going up to the St. Lawrence River where they're chewing on gobies all the time or, you know, some of those other rivers like the Tennessee River has some really good fish in it, but they're, you know, kind of a similar situation. The forage here in the Susquehanna River, I think, is better than what some of those areas of the Tennessee, like the Holston and French Broad and all that. I think that the forage base is better here. And, you know, our fish will get to a certain length or weight before those fish in in a similar age group. You know, um, man, they're just like these fish are just insane. You know, I just, I literally just put a video out yesterday. I was fishing with Cody Prather um, and I took him out on the river for the first time and the water was high and he hooked into an 18 inch smallmouth and he was amazed at how strong that fish was. And he even said like that fish whooped my tail. Like that fish gave me everything I could handle and more. And it eventually it wrapped around his rudder. It wrapped around his power pole. It did everything it could to get loose, <laughs> like everything it could possibly do to get loose. It tried to do. And it, and it, and the other aspect is it did it while pulling him down current. So they're strong, they're fun and they're territorial and they're angry and they're hateful. Yeah, I've noticed that too on fishing on rivers. Anything that makes a racket, they'll just pounce on it. Mm-hmm. More, I think, than than the um, regular type, you know, uh, silent baits like, you know, Texas rigged or jigs, something like that. Like for me, and I know you know this, and I kind of actually wanted to ask you, I don't want to keep you too long, but I wanted to ask you about this as well. Um, you, you love the jackhammers and I've fished on rivers jackhammer. I don't know what it is. I think it shines more. It shines everywhere, but it really shines more on river. And I, and I think you, you touched on that accidentally. And it's that racket that it makes is that it just pisses them off. You know, they don't like yeah. it uh, when they're in their area and when they hit it, they just pounce on it with reckless abandon. So I, 
teeing off of that, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on the new, I don't know if it's a jackhammer, but anyways, the new chatterbait that has that big blade now that's going to be super noisy and super vibrant. Have you seen it and what do you think about it? I've seen it. Um, I don't know. I think I think they, uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a stretch because I'm pretty sure Brian Thrift was in the process, uh, in the making of designing that. And that dude catches the crap out of some fish. Um, I think it's. I think it'll probably catch fish. I. Uh, it's hard to be better than a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so hard. You know what they could have done that would have made me extremely happy. And maybe you need to. I don't know. Get, get Z-Man to follow your podcast. But um, if they would have came I out wish. with <laughs> a quarter ounce and eight ounce eight ounce jackhammer. That would have been so awesome. They don't they have one? Quarter not ounce jackhammer. It's not a jackhammer. Oh, it's it, the stealth. Yeah, but even right. the stealth doesn't drop down to a quarter ounce. Quarter I know ounce. they had that one in quarter ounce. That they I have, caught my personal burst on that. They have the the original chatterbait. I think maybe the chatterbait elite. Those ones are in lighter weights but the jackhammer has that distinct sound yeah and that erratic you know motion i wish they would have came out with a quarter ounce and and maybe even like a three sixteenth ounce jackhammer and what that's going to help you do is fish that in in incredibly shallow water mm-hmm. without getting hung up it's going to allow you to fish it over top of grass mats that are, you know, under the water, under the surface. So many different things like an, a quarter ounce. I would say start with a quarter, add additional that additional size to it. And if that sells really good, they should open up and maybe even do 316. Dude, I think I'm that's telling... Go ahead. isn't that the willow blade, though, the new one that came out, because I have one of those and I think that's a quarter ounce, isn't it? It comes in a quarter ounce. I don't know. Willow blade, it, I think so. It, it, it's not a jackhammer. <laughs> it's not. It, I've actually caught fish in it. Um, I still, it's not a bad, it doesn't swim as well as you would think. I'd rather use a scrounger, like a one quarter inch, um, not, yeah, quarter yeah. inch, uh, quarter inch, quarter ounce scrounger than the willow blade. I've used it and I've actually caught fish with it. I actually, my best experience with that, and I think it's a quarter ounce, they're very lightweight willow blade. I cast, I saw a bass just hitting um, Chad up against the bank and I cast it. And being that I'm a mediocre fisherman, I <laughs> missed my spot completely. Mm-hmm. But I was able to angle it in and you can see the bait coming behind him and he could... I'm saying he felt it because you see that thing just going. I saw it just going right after the bait fish and make a complete Yui when that thing came up behind me and knew exactly where it was and just pounced on it. So it was it was one of those things where the vibration and the sound really caught his attention. Um, So it's I mean, I still would use a scrounger just because it swims better. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where it does attract, you know, that vibration really does attract the fish even when he can't see it. Yeah. I need to get better at fishing a scrounger. And they're good. Um, I've never caught anything that's remarkably 
I'm big talking about like the, the, the deep, the very heavy, deep swell. Oh, yeah. You know, like those ledge fishing baits that those guys go crazy with on the Tennessee River out there fishing 30, 40 foot ledges with, you know, catching seven, eight pound largemouth on those scrounger heads. That That's just, that's, that's, that's a type of fishing that escapes me that I need to get better at. So for that, I use the quarter, the one and one quarter ounce jackhammer. Yeah. And I think it's really good when you, when you like, we're talking about deep ledges. Um, mm -hmm. it's really good. It's really good. You can bounce it really slow. And that's, I know we talk a lot about it on the podcast and, and I talk a lot about it, um, but it really is. And there's a reason why, and I'm not going to go into the Go follow Fluke Master. He has a great review on the jackhammer, the Picasso and the, uh, what's the other one? The Thunder Cricket, because they both have that similar design that stands them out from the rest of the chatterbaits. But there's yeah. a reason why it's so popular. Um, and again, I'm not going to, we don't have time to go through all over again. Yeah, it's a whole other I mean, yeah, show. Yeah, it's another rabbit show. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the only thing that I was worried about that a new, again, chatterbait or jackhammer, whatever they call it, with that big blade is like, that thing is just gonna, how are you gonna set the hook with it? And I guess they upsized the hook on it for that same reason. They, yeah, when you get a largemouth mouse that gets, you know, swallowing that, set the hook, that blade is just gonna pop it out of its mouth, in my opinion, but we'll see. They, they put a six aught hook on it, which yeah. they needed to do anyway. Um, I think a lot of people would catch more fish on a regular jackhammer if it had a six odd hook. Um, but I don't know, man, we'll see. I mean, I, I'll inevitably I'll buy one and try it, but to get me to say that it's better or going to replace a jackhammer or even, I mean, it's an addition to, you know what I'm saying? I just, mm. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be great in muddy water. So I'm sure it will. But, um, anyways, Jake, I've had you for almost an hour. Now you're super tired. We're talking about. Yeah, I'm over here yawning. Done. <laughs> I know, man. I feel bad about it. So no, um, you're. I want. It's not. Take a few minutes. Company, I promise. <laughs> take a few minutes to, if you want to thank any sponsors, anybody you want to thank, um, and uh, we'll take. You know, we'll end it there. Well, I'll be quick. Um, you know, Team Torquedo, Torquedo's really, that motor's really helped me fish this river and learn it a lot. And, and even any fishery I go to allows me to cover the water, to to eliminate the water. And um, then in the tournaments, you know, if I can use it, great. If not, I, I was able to in practice to help me get, you know, to those, those places. Um, <clears throat> innovative sportsman, Trey Leach. Uh, he's huge, does all my kayak modifications. He's building my John boat right now. Um, and, you know, the dugout bait and tackle is huge for me. All of my, everything I buy, you know, ro uh, not rods, because I have a rod sponsorship through Temple Fork Outfitters, but, um, you know, my line, my reels, my baits, you know, everything I get for fishing, I buy through the dugout bait and tackle in Marietta, Georgia. Jamie Coza is a huge proponent for kayak fishing and, and a, he's a Hobie dealer and his shop literally has everything that you could find or want. And he ships way faster than tackle warehouse does. So, um, you know, he's, he's been huge for me. 
Uh, as I've mentioned, Temple Fork Outfitters, every single rod that I own is a Temple Fork Outfitters rod. They are a Texas company. They make good quality rods. They've, they've had, uh, you know, the biggest name in, in fishing come in and design some of their rods for them that they've learned from. And, and that being Gary, Lo- uh, yeah, Gary Loomis, um, you know, so they're not often talked about in this in the scheme of rods goes but they have great products um and that's basically it um you know there's there's a couple other partnerships i have but those are the main ones that are been most important to my success so cool man cool beans uh jake wish you the best on the tournament man Uh, thank you sir i wish you could be here i know i wish too i mean i probably should have taken the advantage Joshua's today. At least I wouldn't have finished last. But nah, kidding, man. Joshua probably, Joshua probably outfished me anywhere other than Texas. But uh, again, thanks. Thank you so much, man. I know you had a tough day uh, today and all this week pre-fishing. So I love that you took the time out. I really, really I, appreciate it. I but, appreciate you offering me the time to come on, man. Uh, my pleasure, man. You're always yeah. welcome to come on whenever you're not on your web dates with Josh uh, <laughs> on their Instagram account. So we need to those set up. Th- we need uh, to what? set up some time to talk about this John boat build that I'm doing. Oh yeah, we'll, definitely. We'll, we'll we'll get in touch, or I'll get in touch with you on that, and we'll we'll get that figured out. No problem, man. Looking forward to. It. Cool. So so again, for those out there listening, if you made it this far, thank you. Uh, check out my sponsor, DouglasOutdoors.com. For the full lineup of LRS rods and XMX Strix rod, um, they're in ICAST right now. Follow them on ICAST. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, great rod company. And if you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFDs. Have a great day, everyone. And peace out. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.